Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. We're here. Oh my god, but barely. We're barely here. Um, Where to begin? Well, you're sick. I am so sick. Oh my god, I am so sorry for this voice in your ear holes right now. <laughs> it It is what it is. It's It fucking sucks. I, I feel so bad for you right now. <laughs> I, um, have, I am I am fuckerooed right now. Let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, my laptop is still not here, so I, uh, off the top, uh, the audio is not going to be the best on this. Uh, I did the best I could. My laptop's not here. I am in a empty office with tile on a completely different computer with completely different um, audio software, recording software. Um, so yeah, this this is what we got. We're trying. <laughs> Between the two of us, we have eight children in our homes right now, home on Christmas break. Yep. So yep. so if you hear them, we're sorry. You will. And little and little jingle bells, because um nobody told me that um that's annoying on cats, but I don't have the heart to take them off because I want to know where they're at. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that is annoying on cats. So we've got We've got um, unfamiliar computers, jingle bells, eight kids. Um, I am as sick as I've been in a minute. Um, my daughter and I have both been. There was a point yesterday where I was holding her hair back, and while she did what she needed to do with a bag, and also using my other hand to puke in my own bag at the same time. <laughs> it was a real bonding moment. <laughs> it was a real bonding moment. So. We are, we are coming in hot today. We are, yep. But we're here, present. Literally hot. I have a fever. Yeah. So hot. Oh, so we should we jump right into it? So we're not. Yes, because the farther on we your go, the, the, <laughs> the farther we go, the worse my voice is going to get. And you guys don't want that smoke. So let's let's do this. Okay. So going into our brasket, we are. Um, at the end, before we get to our final four, which will be next week. Um, so right now it's going to be sushi versus the Manhattan clam chowder, which is red. Well, this is a little bit tricky because I've never had the fucking clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with you being sick, though, it would sound so good. I mean, I, I'm... I, I guess I probably have the flu because I am both lung sick and stomach sick. Um, so in terms of like my throat being kind of raw, it does sound good. But in terms of putting clams in my stomach, it really doesn't at all. <laughs> uh, no, like, holy shit, not at all. Um, and I did like the sushi. I would eat sushi again. So, I, you know, I'm sushi is going to have to advance. I never thought sushi would go this far. 
I'm so excited about this bracket. When I started this bracket, I was a sushi virgin and uh, lost that. <laughs> Look at you now. Look at me now, sushi <laughs> whore. But I never thought that would uh, go far. But here it is. So yeah, no, I actually the thought of swallowing clams right now is making me die a little bit. So let's move on. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Yeah, so... Um, we'll be wrapping this bracket up soon. Um, I think we've decided that, I think you kind of got left out of this, but, uh, we've made a decision to do favorite smells for the next bracket. I'm here for it though. Um, so I will get that put together and we will be releasing that soon. So you guys can get a jump on filling those out. That will be a fun basket to make too. Ooh, I can't, Ooh, I wonder where you would go with that. Maybe a candle. I don't know. Maybe. I I can't speak to the genius. We got smell stuff for this basket. Oh no, that's not good. It's a seafood basket. <laughs> Melly, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> Wait, no. We shall see. What smell? Uh it's a surprise. Are you will you even tell me off air? I'll tell you off air. So we are Coming to you with week two of what I actually believe is going to turn out to be three weeks of automotive recalls and the nightmare stories of how industries came to give a shit because corporations certainly don't want to voluntarily give a shit. They don't want to give a shit until there's a um, devastating story in the news. Right. So we are today going to this one ended up being huge and i am also almost dead so we're doing one this week and i think that we're going to do um we're, part three is going to be more compilation this one's just kind of big to cram into a compilation and we'll we'll chop that up so you can have a break so uh part three will be probably in a couple weeks are you saying people want a break from my automotive recall stories no, I just... How dare you? <laughs> That's a lot to have to do everything, like, every week. It's, it's a fucking lot. So, this time we are going to talk about Toyota. Do you know what this is? I don't. You know so much stuff. I don't know everything. I'm not you perfect. <laughs> I mean, you are, but it's so hard to pick topics because I, I start something and you're like, Oh, yeah, I know every detail of this. Like, every single time I say one word and you're like, yep, that was on my list. So I, maybe not this one. Not this one. I don't think so. Okay. I guess I got to this one first. Toyota Motor Corporation was founded in Japan in 1937 and would quickly pioneer entirely new ways of approaching manufacturing called the Toyota Way, which reduced waste and cut overhead costs which would come to be known as lean manufacturing by the 80s. They did things in a completely different way, and they really prioritized safety. They even gave individual employees in their manufacturing plants the authority to shut down entire assembly lines if they noticed an issue with quality, no matter what it would cost, which oh, it would wow. cost a lot. Yeah, that was not commonly done. So they really changed everything. In 1989, they launched their luxury brand, Lexus, shortly after their competitor, Honda, dropped their luxury brand, Acura, and at the same time that their other competitor, Nissan, came out with Infiniti. It was the 80s, and we were, we were, really, we were really doing this. But March of 2007 is where our specific story begins, 
when our old buddy, the NHTSA from last week, began getting complaints about something called pedal entrapment, which is one of those things where like you don't immediately know what it means, but it sounds fucking bad. Yeah, I, I don't want my pedal entrapped. No, definitely not. It was specifically affecting the 2007 model of Lexus ES350 sedans. What was going on was that the floor mat was getting bunched up around the pedals, making the car accelerate out of control. Oh, and another shit. thing, yeah, another thing, let me just say this is like a, a general PSA while we're here. Check your car and make sure you don't have two floor mats in there. And if you have one, make sure that it's anchored. It should have a little anchor on the driver's floor. Make sure that your mat is actually anchored because a lot of them are. And in the course of researching this, I checked my car and I realized that not only is it not anchored, I have two stacked on top of each other. Oh, no, Brianne. Yeah. You fixed that, right? (laughs) Yeah. It never honestly would have even occurred to me to check that. Like, without this, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that much about the floor mats. But, um, yeah. Check your cars just to make sure. I know mine's anchored because I just, every time I go to vacuum, it pisses me off. I guess I should... uh, just uh, shelf that that annoyance. Yeah, probably so. So, floor mats getting bunched up, the cars accelerating out of control. They were calling it unmanned acceleration. A month later, Toyota issued a technical service bulletin just to dealers, letting them know about the problem. And then a month or so later, sent some letters to people who own that model to let them know that if they double stack the floor mats, that could be a thing. So don't. But then over the next few months, several more complaints reached the NHTSA, and they ended up launching an engineering analysis to see what the deal was. The NHTSA started planning wait. The NHTSA started planning meetings and talking about taking it more seriously and communicating with owners in a more serious way. Officials with the NHTSA and Toyota were quietly meeting to strategize about the situation, and somewhere in all this, they start passing information to each other verbally so there wouldn't be a paper trail. Oh, yeah. They were required by law to report this to, you know, governing agencies, I think probably as a result somewhat of the shit that happened in our last episode, but they didn't want to, and they didn't want it to be a situation where they could come back and say that they knew. So they just start talking to each other. Mostly on September 21st, Toyota issued a notice their Toyota and Lexus dealerships that would later be referred to as a secret recall. Regarding their 2008 model vehicles in both brands, it read in part, quote, If the floor mat is not properly placed and secured, it could slip and interfere with the movement of the pedals during driving and may cause an accident. Capital. Never install more than one floor mat at a time in the driver's seating position. If applicable, any secondary set of floor mats must be placed in the trunk with all packaging material intact. Six months after it first came to the attention of the NHTSA, Toyota voluntarily recalled 55,000 floor mats. They said there was nothing wrong with them. There's no defects. It just be that way sometimes, basically. Right. There's nothing wrong. They're just recalling it just just to be a stand-up guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, a Toyota internal memo noted how much money it had saved them to restrict the recall to what they had, only recalling the floor mats and not the cars themselves. Oh, my gosh. They're, like, all high-fiving each other. That's exactly what it was, yes. The NHTSA wrapped things up without actually checking any other vehicles in Toyota and Lexus's lineups. They were just like, I'm sure that's the only problem. We're good. In 2007, 
a quarter of every single unintended acceleration complaint filed with NHTSA was concerning Toyotas, or I don't think, I think just Toyotas, which is like obviously very, very overrepresented compared to the, you know, overall car brands. In the spring of next year, they reminded dealerships again not to install the floor mats that way. But then another Toyota model with a similar issue. 2004 Siennas were on the same bullshit, but it wasn't the floor mat itself this time, it was the trim panel, so they recalled those too. More than two years after the problems began, a Toyota dealership in California gave a loaner Lexus to the Sailor family, but they shouldn't have. It wasn't the car's first time being used as a loaner, and one of the previous times, the customer who had it reported back to the dealership that the accelerator had gotten stuck, and the car had sped out of control. For reasons Oh, that- it's already happened? It, yeah, it's been happening for a minute, but th- it's happened with this, this specific, specific car. car. So the dealership gets this information, and for reasons unknown, they just dismissed it, and they kept that car in their fleet, even though this, like, this was a known issue. And that is how the Sailor family, which included 45-year-old highway patrolman Mark and his 45-year-old biochemist wife, Cleofe, who worked developing cancer treatments, Cleofe's 48-year-old brother, Chris, a former mortgage seller turned voiceover actor, and Mark and Cleofe's 13-year-old daughter, Mahela, who was a soccer player about to begin her freshman year of high school, found themselves in this Lexus on this day on this interstate. They had traveled about half an hour from Mark and Cleofe's San Diego home to see a soccer game as a family. While they were on the interstate, the car accelerated and it could not be slowed. It couldn't be stopped. Mark fought for control of the car, trying to warn drivers around them and turning on his emergency flashers. Did you say he was a police officer, too? He was a highway patrolman. Oh, wow. So he knows what to do. Yes. If anyone knows, it should be him. Yeah. Um, Chris called 911 from the back seat, and I'm going to play the call. It is really hard to listen to, and it's about a minute long in case you want to skip it so you know how far to skip. Like, oh my God. Um, wow. Like the, just, yeah. can you imagine no. also beyond the other line, the operator? Holy no, fuck. not at all. Um, at the end of the call, Chris can be heard saying, hold on and pray for us as the family's unmanned vehicle approached the intersection and then the vehicle can be heard crashing into a dry riverbed. The Twin Cities Pioneer wrote, quote, the car went airborne and rolled twice before landing and catching fire, likely from its white hot brakes. Everyone in the car was killed. Crash investigators all said that it was the worst accident they'd ever seen in their careers. The death of the family rocked the entire industry. 
and ignoring the problems with the cars was no longer possible. At this point, the public and the NHTSA were wondering if it's that easy for any little thing to make the pedal stick. Maybe the pedals themselves were the issue. Right. So, because it seemed like this kept coming up with different parts of the car interfering with the pedals. And, you know, first they're they're troubleshooting the individual components, but maybe it's the pedals. So the NHTSA told them that they were going to need to look into this, and Toyota was just like, don't even worry about it, we'll just recall the pedals. And then in November- What do you mean? No, what do you mean, don't worry about it? It's like, we got this, bro. Like, mm-hmm. no, like, you yeah. had a responsibility in the beginning, and you're high-fiving over fucking floor mats, and don't worry? Yeah, I'm sorry. E- yup. I bet the Sailor family was worried, and you fuckers. So in November of 2009, Toyota finally issued their first recall relating to the pedals specifically and reported back that it was pedals made by a certain company that may be sticking. So the NHTSA is like, you got to deal with that like yesterday. And Toyota immediately says that they will. Two days later, they do. And then investors start dropping Toyota shares like hot potatoes. But these motherfuckers are still selling some models that have known defects because they don't have a solution for them. So they're just like, IDK, what are we supposed to do? We don't know what to do. So what can we do but sell it? We got to make up money for them floor mats. Got to. Yeah. So they don't stop. But then the NHGSA shuts that the fuck down and they have to agree to completely stop even selling the models with problems at all, which included Camrys and Corollas. So like these are, you know, major popular vehicles. And temporarily stop even producing them. Yeah, because Camrys last forever. Everyone had a Camry. I've never had a Camry, but I do know that about them. Toyota proposes a fix to the NHGSA, and they approve it. But meanwhile, Toyota sales and shares are plummeting. How this is all coming off is a little bit mixed. They keep doing the right thing quickly and, and willingly when all eyes are on them. But before that, when they still had the option to do so, they were covering it up. So it seems like they're not genuinely concerned, but they are genuinely concerned with their PR image. So if they're paying attention and the spotlight's on them, they are going to make the right choices. But if they don't have to, they're not going to. And the U.S. Transportation Secretary said, quote, While Toyota is taking responsible action now, it unfortunately took enormous effort to get to this point. So then this guy threw the fucking gauntlet down because he personally never got that don't panic the public memo. So he says in a press conference that if you have a Toyota, quote, stop driving it. Take it to a Toyota dealer because they believe they have a fix for it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, right? A couple days later, he walked that back and said he just meant if you're in doubt about whether your car is safe, just take it in. But like in that original statement, he was just like, stop driving your Toyota. It's just like, park it. Don't do it. He's the OG everybody panic. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, fuck (laughs) this. And he did also call the company safety deaf. At the same, right? He is. I like this guy. Yeah, me too. Um, At the same time, a spokeswoman for the U.S. Transport Department said, quote, safety is everybody's responsibility. It's not just the federal government's job to catch safety defects. It's the responsibility of automakers to come forward when there's a problem. Unfortunately, this document is very telling. That's why the U.S. Transport Secretary is saying that we're going to hold Toyota's feet to the fire and make sure they do what's necessary to make their cars safe for the driving public. And the document is the uh, the whole we save money on limited recall thing, which, I mean, she was a little more diplomatic than the stop driving your cars guy, 
but she's basically saying we're going to hold their feet to the fire. There's no way they'll do the right thing on their own, but don't worry, we're going to make them. Right. The hits just kept fucking coming for Toyota. The NHTSA launched a probe into more than 100 filed complaints about Prius hybrids brakes now. And the president of Toyota finally gave a press conference and said that he, quote, this is this this is the master. This is a master class in an apology that sounds good on the surface, but if you listen to it at all, it's total fucking bullshit. He said that he, quote, deeply regretted how freaked out everyone was and that it was his personal responsibility to correct that. That's um that's a, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry that you, you that feel way. that way. Yep. Sorry, oh you my that way. Sorry you <laughs> thought I meant that. Sorry you're concerned that this car is going to kill you. Mm. He said, quote, The recalls are affecting several models in several regions and have caused anxiety among customers who are wondering if their cars are okay. For that, we are very sorry. We're sorry for your anxiety now. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not so much that he's sorry their cars have been killing people. He's just sorry that people are worried about it. That sounds <sighs> bad. Can you imagine... Hold on. Somebody is literally playing drums. So this is what I'm talking about. It's Christmas break, y'all. And I have somebody playing the fucking drums in my house. And we're going to leave this in so you know this is what we deal with. Yeah, because there's been a lot cut by the time we get to this point. But it's, this fu- it, it, it's fucking Christmas. I got a little drummer boy up there. Like, it's ambiance. Hold on. I'll be right back. Okay. All right, and I'm back. Welcome back. Did you calm the little drummer boy down? Um, it was a little drummer girl, uh, oh. M- Miss Abby. She loves the drums. And uh, I went up there, and Cody's, Cody's like, what are you doing? She was like, playing the drums. He was like, what about <laughs> the drums are quiet? And she goes, but I'm like... Because we have the the demon loft, remember? How can so, anyone forget the demon loft? So I put the drums up there so they can climb up their ladder and everything, and it's just their music room. And I think that she thought if she was super high up, no one would hear the drums. Bless her heart. So, little drummer girl, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Abby. All right, let's jump back into it. Okay. So shortly after that, they issued a recall on half a million hybrids. A few weeks later, Toyota's CEO spoke to the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee and gave a statement that essentially the company tried to grow too fast and this is what happened. I don't know how I feel about this because on one hand, like, I mean, it's honest, you know, at least. Right. At least they're, I wouldn't really expect them to own that. But on the other hand, ooh, yuck. It's just like, I'm so popular. I can't help it. Yeah, how could we... It takes me back to whoever the fuck it was last week. It's like, how could we know this with so many vehicles on the road? Yeah. So he said, quote, We pursued growth over the speed at which we are able to develop our people and our organization, and we should sincerely be mindful of that. I regret that this has resulted in the safety issues described in the recalls we face today. He added, Especially, I would like to extend my condolences to the members of the Sailor family for the accident in San Diego. I would like to send my prayers again, and I will do everything in my power to ensure that such a tragedy never happens again. Which, you know, that, that could be worse statement-wise, but the contrast here is so fucking jarring to me, because it's just like the outright acknowledgement of the corporate motivations for profit and growth, and the fact that that will inevitably lead 
to situations like this where they are pursuing those goals and actual human people, the, the personal right. horror of four people, including a child dying horrifically. Because like, there really are two different stories to tell here. There's the corporate story and the personal story. And the fact that he just laid those two things right next to each other is a little uncomfy to me. Yeah, it's super uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know that it's wrong necessarily, but it's it, it's uncomfortable to me. Well, I think but- bow tying it up with oh, also thoughts and prayers on this tragedy. I mean, just the the sequence of the statement is is ick to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the actual statement on you know the family's death it. I think it could have been worse. He said he's going to do everything in his power to ensure that a tragedy like that never happens again. I mean, I guess what else do you want than that? But it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to wrap my head around what it must be like for somebody in that position to mentally shift back and forth between the bottom line and goals and priorities of your corporation and four people that died in a horrific fiery car accident. It's right. just like, oh god. It it I don't know. That 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 one like got me on an existential level for some reason. <laughs> so the representatives at this had more to add. Representative John Micah presented the internal document where Toyota had been happy that they'd saved money by only recalling the mats and not the cars. Mr. Inaba This was one of the most embarrassing documents I have ever seen. In your preparation of this, you embarrassed all the people I represent, those hardworking people across this country. The chairman said he totally agreed. He just started working there a few days ago when that memo was sent out. And he said, quote, it is so inconsistent with the guiding principle of Toyota and my feelings. I I guess maybe. I mean, you know, I think that he said that he had been in that position for like three days at that point. And I mean, on one hand, yeah, you you really are finding your sea legs at that point. But on the other hand, if the position is one where your decision making is going to lead to life or death things for people, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. there needs to be a better transition or something. Like because you can't just be like, well, I don't know. I was still figuring shit out then. Like, oh, I'm new. Yeah. No. No. It no. So, I mean, I don't know. That That is one where it's like, I see some validity in that because, you know, you want to just say, well, don't be like that. You have to do it right. If you're going to do that, don't do that. But on the other hand, I, I don't know. I'm mixed on that. I'm mixed on a lot of these. At this point, their sales were still in fucking free fall. So they started offering five years with 0% financing and free maintenance for two years. The latter of which they kept and they still offer to this day. So what was landing on the desks of the NHTSA now? Complaints that even after the cars had been fixed, they were still fucking accelerating out of control. Oh, no. Are you serious? Even after the recalls had happened, they had taken them in. Toyota had done what they thought needed to be done. It was still happening. So clearly, whatever fix they were implementing was not sufficient. Wow. Yeah. So then there were concerns about the entire electronic safety system, because, you know, it's still kind of that, okay, if this keeps happening, maybe it's a bigger part of the process. That Let's just throw the whole car away. And start maybe over. Maybe the whole brand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Toyota was not here for that at all. They they were very dismissive of that. And I mean, in my opinion, at this point, they're getting pretty fucking defensive. Because here is something absolutely wild. 
God, my voice is on its way out right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. A 61-year-old man in California named James with a Prius reported that while he was on the interstate, his car sped out of control. He said, quote, I pushed the gas pedal to pass a car, and it did something kind of funny. It jumped, and it just stuck there. As it was going, I was trying the brakes. It wasn't stopping. It wasn't doing anything, and it just kept speeding up. Can you imagine how fucking terrifying that would be? That's so scary. That is, like, the scariest thing. So, have you been ever, like, driven a car that has the, um... You know, where you, I don't even know what the fucking function is, where it makes you stay in the lane, like the lane alert. Uh, Yeah, no, I haven't, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, it freaks me out sometimes. Yeah, I would not like that, I don't think. According to James, a highway patrolman who could smell the car's burning brakes pulled alongside his car and yelled instructions through the window on how to bring it to a stop from 94 miles per hour, which he was able to do. James called 911 to report it. Toyota took his car for a two-day inspection. They found some interesting things. They found that the shift lever was operational, and so he should have theoretically been able to shift into neutral, and they couldn't find any trouble codes. But, quote, the hybrid self-diagnostic system, however, showed evidence of numerous rapidly repeated on-and-off applications of both the accelerator and the brake pedals. Oh, The automaker added that the front brake showed severe wear and damage from the overheating, but the rear brakes and parking brake were in good condition. A spokesman for Toyota rather shadily said in a news conference, quote, Toyota believes that there are significant inconsistencies. To say this incident was sensationalized would be an enormous understatement. Are they victim blaming now? Oh, hard. Wow. Like they, they have... They have shifted the vibe at this point. It's been a few years. They thought the shit was behind them. They're not here for it. Oh, my gosh. It went from thoughts and prayers to fuck you and forget fuck you. you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, A lot of people, like, I read some comment sections on this from when this went down. A lot of people thought James was just using this as an out for the fact that he'd been speeding. Oh but my gosh. The highway patrolman could smell the burning brakes. So comment his, sections are are wild. Oh my god, to me. It's a cesspool. His attorney said that it was expected that they couldn't get the car's behavior to show up again because that had been the case every single time this had ever happened. Okay, I don't like when you say the car's behavior. <laughs> oh, that made my eye twitch. <laughs> no, stop it. Especially when it's doing shit on its own. You're not <sighs> going to like the next part either then. James himself said that he'd owned the car for three years without an issue. So it's not like he's saying it does this every day or something. So of course it'd be hard to replicate. The car was it, a good boy. It, until it wasn't. His attorney said, quote, this problem is sort of a ghost in the machine. That is the Toyota <laughs> system, right? Yeah. This problem is sort of a ghost in the machine that is the Toyota system. It doesn't leave a fault code. It doesn't leave a footprint. And you can't make it happen upon demand. Well, yeah, ghosts don't have feet. Oh, my God. (laughs) Melanie. (laughs) I think I'm getting slap happy now. (laughs) Fuck. In March, a consumer protection lawsuit was brought against Toyota calling their concealment of the problems fraud. In February of 2011, four years after the problem began, Toyota announced three new recalls and expanded three existing ones regarding the floor mats. The NHTSA assessed almost half a million pages of paperwork to see if they'd done enough, and they recommended the additional recalls, which Toyota voluntarily complied with. 
adding more than 2 million vehicles to the over two to the over 20 million already recalled, including the 2006 and 2007 Lexus GS300 and GS350s, so they could change the shape of the plastic pad next to the pedals. And another thing to note here is that I actually left out a lot of recalls because it was just getting repetitive. Like, it was truly one after the other for years. It was a CVS receipt of recalls. Oh my, yup, yup, I love you. I love you too. It just, like, I mean, I feel like I've mentioned maybe half of the individual recalls that actually went down because people's eyes would glaze over and just be like, and then they added more, and then they recalled that, and then they did another. It went on and on and on. Until in March 2014, the Justice Department had heard the prosecutors and they had heard out Toyota's attorneys in the consumer protection case against them. The prosecutors said that they had lied to everyone about the extent of the problem for years to protect their image. And as a result, they had blood on their hands. They fined Toyota $1.2 billion. Wow. Yeah, which was, according to Washington Post, quote, the largest criminal penalty imposed on a car company in U.S. history. Where's that money go? Do you know offhand? I don't. That's a really good question. That is a really, really, really good question, actually. Because you always see Um, these, like, big companies having to pay shit out. I know it, but I don't know if it's, like, a difference between, like, like a class action, because this sounds different. Yeah, it, I don't know, I, I I didn't really, there's not really a number on if other people other than the sailors died, everything was kind of vague about it. I don't think that it was as well documented as the ones that we talked about last week. Um, I don't know, I, I did read a couple things that said that basically, unless there was jail time on the table, the penalty was just kind of meaningless, because I mean, yeah, it hurts their bottom line, but they'll fucking be okay. Right. Um, They're so I, popular. I, They're so popular, and I don't believe anyone had any jail time on the table. So, yeah, they they got a huge fine, and um, that is the story of the Toyota recalls. And Toyota is still around, so, I mean, apparently they bounced back. They must have. It is very much still around, unlike the Sailor family. that That is so scary, especially, like, because a highway patrol would know what to do. Exactly. In that situation. And I mean, hats off too, because if they were coming to an intersection, like other people could have died. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's surprising that they didn't. I think that, I don't know, but I would assume that because you know, they were very conscious of the fact that they were approaching the intersection. You can hear that in the audio. I I would wonder if they intentionally swerved into the riverbed to not collide with people. Right. I don't know. That's so fucking sad. Yeah. Sad and preventable. Sad and very preventable. If it weren't for corporate greed. Yeah. I guess we need some disaster relief. All right. So to give your voice a break, I will go first. Um, This, I don't care. I'm doing it double. (laughs) It's going to be the kitties again for me this week. Um, just because I've had more time with them. Um, so we had them for a couple days and I know I mentioned like it was like a foster situation until they were able to get fixed. So we had them for four days and then I had to take them back, um, to get spayed. And 
we told Ava every day, you know, this is going down, this is going down. And then when it went down, it was just bad. She was very upset. She was like, I knew it was coming. And she was just, you know, she called me on the way. Um, I was going to take her, but it was torrential rains and I didn't feel safe. Um, so she was on the phone with me the whole time and she's just saying, I was unprepared. I was unprepared. Um, but we got the kitties back the next day. I thought we lost them or I thought they lost them um, and had probably one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Um, because they, they told me that, um, the spade would be done, um, about three 30 to four o'clock. They would call me. They never called me. I tried to call the shelter. The shelter was close. So they had that thing where like, they don't pick up the phones. So I was like, well, I'm just going to drive there because I want my cats. So I pull over and, um, I type in, you know, like our, our parish's animal shelter. And this lady answers. And I was like, you know, I'm trying to find out where my cats are. And she goes, well, we don't have any cats. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have any cats? And she goes, we have a dog and one cat, but we don't have two cats. And I was like, where are my cats? I just dropped them off yesterday morning. And she goes, and so like, and she's helping me. Like she's going through like the record, like everything. Right. And she said, no, ma'am, there's no cats here. And I'm like, well, you better find my cats. And she's like, where did you get them from? And I said, the shelter. And she goes, yeah, well, they're not here. I called the fucking animal hospital. Oh, my God. <laughs> who sometimes does. Dude, she was probably sweating. Who? Yeah, she's like, we do a lot of stuff for the shelter, but sometimes um, they take the cats to LSU um, to get spayed and neutered. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. So I went in. Um, to the shelter and I was like, I'm here to pick up my cats. And then they didn't know where the cats were again. And I was like, how am I going to go back and tell Ava that the cats are gone? But they found the cats and it was okay. Oh my God. That was almost not disaster relief at all. Yeah. So the disaster relief is we have Cozy and Coco back home. Um, we let them stay in our bedroom and our bathroom just to kind of heal up for a week, you know, and we just introduced them to whiskey, um, about four days ago and they're all best friends. And I can't even believe like that cats can like dogs and it's so (laughs) cute and I just love it so much. And so they have so wholesome, they have free roam of the house now and they all just cuddle up and, I have avoided getting cats for so long, um, mainly because of whiskey, and I was so terrified. So I don't know. I feel like it was all meant to be. It has been the easiest transition ever. The only thing I need to figure out is how to get them to stop eating each other's food. Whiskey goes for the cats, and then Coco and Cozy are eating his food. And it's and I keep them separated, but... Do you have the cats elevated where whiskey couldn't reach it? I mean, he's he's a hundred pound dog. He can <laughs> reach he anything. Counter, is he a counter surfer? Uh, it, no, I mean he, he 
not too bad, but I, I honestly don't want them on the counters. Yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't either. I don't know. Maybe I could do like... I had a cat tree once that I put the food on top of the cat tree so the dogs couldn't mess with it, but the cats could get it. I wonder if I could do like a, like a, make a like mounted shelf with like a ladder for them. Maybe. Like their own. I don't know. I'm learning so much. (laughs) So yeah, sorry to bore you with my kitty stuff, but. um, No, we love it. Yeah. I mean, Ava's kitties. They're not my kitties, but. What's yours? Um. Wow. It's been more disaster and less relief this week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the peanut butter and jelly sandwich I had this morning. <laughs> uh, I was sick all day yesterday and didn't keep anything down for probably 24 hours. And uh, I woke up this morning and I was just like so fucking weak and drained. Um, and I was like, I got to eat something. And then I thought of the idea of a peanut butter jelly sandwich with crunchy peanut butter and like jelly are you a crunchy peanut like, butter girl oh i am an extra crunchy peanut butter girl i like it creamy Ooh, of course you do <laughs> <laughs> nothing yeah. nothing beats peanut butter and jelly though well i mean I don't, I don't mind it but i'm not like a huge peanut butter and jelly person but i just i woke up and it was like my body knew that i needed some kind of protein and i thought of peanut butter and jelly and it was just like oh my god nothing has ever sounded better than that so good right now. yeah yeah I so it was great I hate that you're sick, like, right before Christmas. Me too. I hope it's over by then. Yeah. I, can, I cannot. Can you believe this year is almost over? I don't even want to talk about this year. This has been the wildest year of my life. Yeah. No contest. It's been a shitty fucking year. And I don't know. Um, I'm ready for it to be over. Um, I'm going to keep my expectations low for next year. <laughs> I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah. We should do another bucket list though and go over our other for Patreon and then go over our old bucket list and see if we did anything. Okay. I mean, I haven't done a whole lot, but maybe we should also do that and we should do a resolution one. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, We can roll that into one, the New Year's bonus content. I can't believe. Yeah. Christmas is in a couple days. This is fucking bananas to me, but yes. Let's let's do that for um so we do have a Patreon episode that will be dropping soon. We're going to let Brian get feeling better. Yeah. I know we're um about a week and a half, 2 weeks late on this month. It's done. We need to record it. I- I'm waiting for my laptop. I bought a brand new fucking mic and I have not even been able to use it yet. And it's, yeah, we don't we don't want to give you this voice and iffy audio if we don't have to. So we're going to delay that a couple days till the um, laptop comes in, and then we're going to drop that for you guys. Yeah, I, this laptop thing is just going to send me over the edge. Um, it was supposed to be done Monday because they had to order a hard drive, and then so I call and you know because Cody dropped it off and. I, like, I feel like I'm annoying him because like every like couple of hours, I'm like, has the hard, hard drive call guy called yet? Like, can I have my computer? I need my computer. I just, and it's hard to do any research or anything like in the office because I do have babies that I have to watch. I can't just like sit cooped up. So I need my laptop back, but yes. Patreon episode will be coming soon. It's done. It's just 
you're paying for it. So it needs to be good. Um, speaking of Patreons, we do have two, let me pull them up real quick. So our two Patreons this week, you guys can be buddies is Rachel. And this is super fucking embarrassing because, um, this gem has been in our mom group forever. And, um, I just realized I don't even know how to say her fucking name. Oh my God. Um, so it's Kira Tana. Kira, I'm sorry. This <laughs> Hopefully is we didn't fuck it up. This is what we happens. Love you. We, we adore her. Yes, this is what happens when you have um friends online and then you never realize that one day you might actually have to say their name in person. So <laughs> um um please like don't quit our friendship at all. No, so, please, we, we need you. Rachel and Kira, thank you so much um, for supporting us. Um, we um, we appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. Um, it really, I don't know, it's just doing this podcast is a lot of fucking work. Um, it's very expensive and, you know, just every bit helps us and um, honestly, we wouldn't be here without you guys, so... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, go donate blood, go donate food, go donate, go donate kidney. kidney. <laughs> and uh, until next time, sweet dreams or no dreams? Sweet dreams or no dreams? Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal Mark Safe moment, you can send it to us at marksafepodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us, too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our Mark Safe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.